Our Lady of the Camellias. Fellow sufferer, what do you think when you think of red? I close my eyes, see my lids. I go to the bathroom. They notice how often I weigh it out. Consider the advice of a psychic who taught self-defense using a bubble ring and a golden cord to coat the inner rings of the aura which are red. I outsource my thinking to the moment, reacting only to the moment and its money. Imagine our foremothers who weren't given the momentary release of a group text my phone says in the bathroom. I am in or beneath, but never above red. If only time would stop pursuing me, time who constantly pressures me, time the man I never asked for, time who cannot let me breathe always behind and or in front of me. Every dinner with a rich man is a dinner towards my death, wine dark like the sea. My boredom grows to the size of my anger, my anger the size of an international hotel. With no room for my boredom, I've got an anger with no vacancy. Red always accompanies me, so maybe I should love red, like a womb, like a finger, red, like a worm, on silver, like a flame. I ask, please fill red with light. My heart is a drunk, she can't help it. I begin to pray, but everyone knows the rose's complaint. Everyone knows we live for independence, and our independence is the gift that keeps on taking. And there are never enough roses. Since I was a child, my respect respectability has been my enemy. Not yet dreaming of elsewhere, but ends, time stretched into prison metaphors, aware of being sentenced not with death, but life. Send me to prison and I can think, except every prison writing program has been discontinued. Send me to prison so I can think, except prisoners are made to resume the assembly line, sewing mall brand underwear. I would rather die than work. I would rather die than work. I would rather die than work. Assuming we're now in hell and New York City is its capital, I guess we're forever cycled in this fucking dancing, dying against the reflection of a stop light wet street. I return like past the wine, like a golden ring from toe to ankle up through limb and heart, run gold into my head, refill. Okay. Um, so. Thanks, Katie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're back. Edge Play is back. <laughs> we're out of retirement. We yeah. came out of retirement because we had to talk about mm-hmm. Porn Carnival by Rachel mm-hmm. Rabbit White. Welcome um, to the carnival, bitches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was, apparently there was an event, um, a promotional event for this book. We don't know much about that, but... Um, <laughs> We're having we're having a fucking party right now, and it's yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, one thing I I think has been like people are just like losing their minds over this party, which yeah. uh, you know seemed like it was a great party. But what I think is interesting in all this coverage is like I don't want to say no one because maybe I haven't read everything, but I feel like very few people are talking about the poems, which are yeah. like actually amazing poems. Um, yeah. So I want to give the work its due time because, like, it's incredible. <laughs> um, Me and, too. Like, you know, I, I get that, like, sparkling parties uh, attract a lot of attention, but... 
poems attract our attention yes That's yes yes from. yes we're, we're like we're the nerds doing this podcast so <laughs> <laughs> um yes cool. all right so what like where do we start there's a lot here. yeah i don't know i mean there's like i have like so many pages folded over like we could start anywhere i guess um one thing we could maybe start talking about is like i feel like this book is very um sculpted and architectural in a way that I found Mm. really um, surprising and pleasing both within the poems themselves and the way that the book is structured Um, and yeah like I don't know flipping through this book there's like heavy sectioning and I I think the sections are like after every poem right Mm -hmm. Um, explain what you mean by that I guess like the the like blank pages that separate the book like I was I was sort of reading mm. those both as bookends to the poems but also these like section breaks. I don't know if you were reading it differently. Yeah. Right. No, I um because there are poems that spread across multiple pages and right. so I guess like the colored pages that separate them um make the the delineation a little easier um and then also um like one of the main things i noticed which honestly like the first time i read it like was something that turned me off um Mm -hmm. that i like thought about more was um the fact that um there is almost always a very short poem um after Mm -hmm. a very long poem and that like yeah a lot of the book is this like kind of like rhythmic back and forth between like yeah here's like a deep dive and then there's just this kind of like tweet um right and then right. yeah like so that sections it somewhat and then the colored pages section it further uh right yeah, yeah i mean i it's in my first reading of the book i think i didn't realize that these poems were spanning multiple pages i was sort of reading mm-hmm. um them as like untitled poems and then right. it didn't really occur to me until I got to the end of the book that I was like, oh, all of these things that I've been reading as separate units are actually one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually found that to be like a pleasant surprise because then I went back and I was like, oh, shit, like this stuff, like, like the pages work in like kind of surprising ways that can be read in multiple directions Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think any of those directions are incorrect. I don't know if that makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely like the, you, you'd get these pages long poems that visually the lines are, um, really occupying the space of the blank page. Uh, and you know, it's, it's not, they're not all poems that are hugging that left margin, um so you get these sort of really spacious poems and then you turn the page and there's this like quick one quip um so yeah I thought the pacing was really great and I don't know it made me think of something a professor once told me in my writing he was like you have to be careful that you're not writing stand-up comedy and I was like whatever (laughs) Um, and that was like what came into my mind as I was reading this because I was like this is fucking hilarious Mm -hmm. and like uh i think there's room for that in poetry sure um yeah i i was interested um to know um what you thought about like 
the poems that play with space where there's kind of like different justifications on the page um yeah like because i'm not a poet i like that's that like maybe like is one of the things that i've seen in poetry that like has like made me feel like i would like never like be a poet because like i can't like get my head around yeah like, just well no it's, it's, it's because it seems like it can just be like a, a pure kind of play like doing that but yeah yeah well and it's it's funny you say that because i feel like um using space to your advantage was like the hardest thing to teach mm. when i was teaching poetry to undergrads you know you can show them a page that's like you're like, look, this shit is, like, all over the place. Um, and then they're just sort of like, but why? Um, <laughs> and I think that, like, the only answer I have that maybe was not always an adequate answer for my students was that I feel like um, in, it, it like, poetry, I think, on this, in the spectrum of the arts, like, poetry lives very close to the visual arts. Okay. Um and the page and text are your medium um and there's really no reason why you need to stick to these left-hand margins um and i think just frankly it's like just very visually satisfying um and i think when the eye pauses like your seeing eye pauses mm-hmm. like your like brain voice also pauses a bit or mm-hmm. like in the time it takes your eye to move over the page to like where a line starts like three quarters of the way over like that is doing something in your brain that's different than it just being on that left hand margin Mm -hmm. um but yeah i just love flipping through this book and like there's kind of like a i don't know there aren't any patterns but there is like just something really there's just really nice play being made Mm -hmm. with white space sure um Um, so you you had um, mentioned that you wanted to talk about um some of the poems that address poetry um as a form yeah Um, so i guess maybe that's a segue from yeah let me find a few yeah i really loved those moments in this book um because i found them so uh just like thoughtful I don't know mm-hmm. um like the I think the first time it comes up in the book um is on page 25 in the poem celebrity stage okay um and I can read maybe I'll just read like the first little bit of this poem mm-hmm. um but it starts out celebrity stage This is like the plume from a smoke machine, purple webbing, neon green. It's good work if you can get it, being a poem with the body of a smoke machine. Men want a poem as beautiful as possible. The poem swivels on leather waiting. The poem in a time compromised by hypnotic proximity to corporate celebrity. The poem invites you to gaze, womanizing at a woman gazing, being a poet, should be like, what if, what if Jesus were a perfumer? Notes of fern and jacuzzi rumbling with broken glass. Um, and it goes on from there. But it, this is a recurring theme throughout this book. Um, it, it's sort of this uh, catalog of what the poem is, what the poem could be, what people want out of the poem as they might want out of a person. Um, and it's actually funny, just as I started reading that, 
out loud, it occurred to me that this, um, the title of this poem, Celebrity Stage, makes me think of that poem of Ben Fama's that we read at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, what was that poem? Was, did that poem have a title? That one that I, called? is called The Function of Fantasy in the Lacanian Reel. <laughs> okay, right, 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 yeah. right. But, like, I remember that poem feeling like it was, like, this, like, yeah, just this, like, parade of celebrities. Um, mm-hmm. Total side note. But, um, so, and then, yeah, Rachel Rabbit White goes on to address, like, the poem like capital P poem throughout this book um, in a way, and it comes back often in a way that makes me feel like I don't want to like presume what her writing process is like, but I know that when I come back in my own writing to certain ideas or just like phrases or formations in this case, the poem is, or like the the livingness of the poem like it that to me is like an obsession that the writer is trying to like excise mm-hmm. um or further dig into um yeah what did you think of these um this one um i didn't do a close read of but okay. <laughs> um, looking at it now um when yeah when you said celebrity stage i did think of that poem i actually i i thought of the poem in death wish which is called the function of fantasy in the lacanian reel um but the one that you're talking about with the names of the of the celebrities is called fantasy 2.0 oh, okay um, so okay it's just housekeeping but um yes yes <laughs> the, so yeah because the poem is many different things like right off the bat um it um I guess I guess yeah the the poem is performing the poem mm-hmm. is wanted the poem is maybe there for someone else there's yeah. a kind of relationship between poem and reader that like it's almost um and the thing is like reading this book I try to like make my observations of the the poems and my assumptions about this about the speakers of the poems Mm -hmm. different from um and separate from like you know like coverage i've read of uh you know the party or um like what people say about like rachel as a person but like right i'm imagining a transactional relationship between Mm -hmm. a poem and a reader um in which like it's uh like the reader is like the client and the poem right. like needs to please please the reader yeah. right 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 well and yeah i mean like you and i did not buy this book thanks wonder press right, but also true. like yeah. the majority of the readers have bought this book yeah um i think yeah there's it's very interesting as something i was just flipping back and forth through like just a kind of a delicious moment for me in my reading in this poem celebrity stage the second stanza is it's good work if you can get it being a poem with a body of a smoke machine and then sort of like a quarter more of the way through the book there's a poem a very short one of these like really quippy little poems called plume to smoke Mm -hmm. and it's it's very relaxing to let the poem do what it wants sure um and when i read that like this little poem like floored me and i have like a big like yes uh annotated in my book because like that is the I think that's the another thing that's hard to teach about poetry is just like letting go and like letting the words just come to you and I yeah. so I loved like um having that connection to from like the 
the poem as like a plume of smoke to the poem being like a body of smoke from a machine Mm -hmm. that like I'm just, I don't know, I'm picturing, like, a really packed club, and, like, the poem is the body of the smoke that's, like, floating over a club. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I said, like, one of the, I guess, maybe the first thing I said about the book was that, like, the, like, pithy, like, two or three line poems, like, turned me off initially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also... Um, the poems where space is played with in a way that like I'm not used to or don't expect um were hard for me to like get my head around um Mm -hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about the fact that um this book and coverage not really of this book at all but associated with this book and Mm -hmm. prompted by this book um have um basically uh revealed that uh a lot of people have their hard time have a hard time getting their heads around um rachel and totally totally like the the contradictions inherent in um her like public persona um Mm -hmm. and uh her choice to um i mean the things that a lot of people were reacting to about the party were like the fact that like people were like dressing hot people were having Mm -hmm. sex people were doing drugs like right pleasure and play like for its own sake is a thing that fucks with people and like fucked with me as i was reading this book totally um and that is worth thinking about (laughs) yeah 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 well and it's i don't know to yeah i mean it's it's also funny i'm sorry i'm just like sticking to this like smoke metaphor that's in this book but like you literally cannot wrap your hands around a plume of smoke like you reach out to grab it and it just slips through your fingers and i feel like that's like what the entire twitter discourse about this party (laughs) has been has been like people trying to grasp at like really hot takes of like how like you know the left in scare quotes has like yeah. uh you know devolved into this like hedonistic orgy which I, I don't know i'm just like that just sounds great like, <laughs> i don't know what you guys are so mad about sure um but yeah and i i think it's also like people are also just like very uh like just touchy about like sex work and sex and pleasure um and i feel like i i'm like I'm I'm inclined to maybe like hedge around that topic a little bit just because I feel like I can't speak to those experiences at all like that's not my lane mm-hmm. um but I I don't know I just think that like sex sex and sex work have the capacity to be very radical um and that like there's a a poem towards the end of the book uh called Cabaret and like this is of the two points in the book where I like most heavily underlined where that that plume to smoke poem and then also uh well this poem goes on for several pages but the end of the first page of this poem on page 109 pussy pays the bills pussy keeps the lights on but anyone who thinks sex is something inherently precious is not your friend it's true sometimes i have to get extremely drunk but it isn't like poor me in a strapless sequin dress it's just these people are all too stupid to have all this money and i was just like damn like yes um you know yeah like redistribute that wealth queen get it (laughs) uh 
Yeah, and, no. Yeah, I mean, I think in the, the coverage of the party, it's just like, I don't know, people are like just up in arms because they can be. Mm-hmm. And like, I just wish that they would read the work because it's like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, I mean, we like talked about this beforehand, like, um, yeah, like the approach that we like, um, we're hoping to go for with this conversation was um, stick to the book, talk about the poems, um, don't get into sex work, partly because people have like reacted to it like so um, uh, aggressively and partly because, um, I mean like the reason like that, that um, it's a good idea a lot of the time to stay out of the conversation about sex work if you're not a sex worker um, is uh, because, your takes are going to be bad, but also like, um, <laughs> cause your takes are going to be bad. Yeah. Like I think, I think sex work, if you're not a sex worker and you're trying to talk about it intelligently is going to become like the plume of smoke. Like you're not, you're, yeah, you're, ju- yeah. you're going to, you know, you're just going to get it wrong no matter what. Um, yeah. and I think like there, like the, the book, the book is full of contradiction. Like there's a long mm-hmm. poem, that's um that includes like a lot of images a lot of like uh uh, sonic play and then there's Mm -hmm. like a like a two like a one-line poem with like an emoticon in it and like uh like ellipsis and it like looks like um like somebody's like twitter handle um no but i mean another one of these little poems that like just killed me in this book um what are the confessional forms a non-confession might might take? I long to hold back. I love to be withholding, to tease and not give. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also, like, just Rachel Rabbit White's, like, whole thing in this book is, like, she's giving us just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, like, this undercurrent sea of, like, things that I just don't know about. Um, and I find that really, like, enticing and sexy and like I don't have to know yeah (laughs) you know yeah um I'm also thinking like just what where's the poem where it's like I was about to say like where's the ketamine poem but I feel like a lot of these poems (laughs) are maybe ketamine poems um oh ketamine police yeah uh or maybe there's more than one with ketamine in the title yeah (laughs) I was just flipping and saw ketamine um I've lost my place but yeah no I I just think like the I don't know the work speaks in a way that um any any coverage of this like the image of the book or the party or the person themselves is going to miss um like where's where's what I'm looking for but yeah, I'm interested. You said that this book is like full of contradictions. Like, were there specific moments that you felt were speaking against each other? Um, well, uh, one of the lines you read before, um, anyone who tells you that sex is inherently precious isn't your friend. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was what it was. Like, there... Mm-hmm. I, I think I think one of the one of the big contradictions is um, uh, sex as work versus sex as pleasure, and one of the things that 
is hardest for people to wrap their heads around about Rachel and the fact that she um, wrote this book and uh, has this uh, livelihood and uh, through this party is like, um, I think in her life, like she experiences sex as work and she experiences sex as pleasure, does both. And like, I think people really want um, a kind of purity, one kind of purity around those things. Mm-hmm. Like sex should mm-hmm. be this sacred thing that's only like something that you do like in your private life when you like want to like enjoy someone or express that you love them. Or like if you're a sex worker and you're like, you know, quote unquote forced to um, uh, transactionally um trade it then it must be devalued in some way and it must be impossible for you to enjoy it um and i think like there is there is pleasure in this book and there um and there is like the experience of exploitation like there is um anger at and hatred toward men who are clients um and then there is love for sexual partners um who seem to mostly be women um but mm-hmm. still like she can have a partner who is um her partner who a, a chosen partner and then a partner who is a client um and yeah it's just like people don't get it like why why would yeah. you hate it and still do it or yeah i don't know I mean, yeah, I still keep going to my stupid retail job <laughs> every day, so, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and one one poem that I just flipped to that I feel like is relevant to this is um, Carnival Worker, mm-hmm. and it's, again, another tiny poem in this book. Um, A meteor moves toward Earth, but commerce only speeds up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's like the, the more atrocious are... Uh, living conditions are under late capitalism like I think the more imperative it is for us to experience pleasure whatever that means for any of us be it like reading a book of poems or like fucking someone you just met or like going to your retail job so you can buy dinner like yeah you know I don't know um I also want to spend some time talking about um like I just think it's really cool that, like, this book, uh, like, Rachel has, has said that she, uh, never really wrote poetry, and, like, anytime she sat down to write, it sort of just turned into these, like, trauma narratives about her work, and Mm -hmm. it felt like she was, like, rehashing, um, things that just didn't need rehashing, and that poetry for her was sort of a new way to write, Um, and just as someone who's like, you know, I I hate using the word like anti, like non-establishment, anti-establishment, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like she's not coming out of an MFA. She's like writing these poems for like an online workshop. Um, I think there's just something like really like, I just read this book and I'm like, oh my God, this woman is like brilliant. Um, and it also makes me think that like, like so many people on earth are brilliant and like, we just don't know because like 
we are like secluded in these like weird little corners like doing our weird little work until we die yeah it's capitalism <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of the poetry is like extraordinarily artful and like also has uh kind of like unrefined quality to it um mm-hmm. uh that like i think um is another uh um in another way like like bugs the part of people that want purity um they Mm -hmm. want like you know if someone's going to be a poet they have to like uh like like live for poetry and like there can be nothing else in their life and it and it can't be like something that you um pick up later on and then like try to like make an identity like um Mm -hmm. the fact that um this is her first book and she um wrote most of these poems in a workshop with uh her friend who is a poet um and um then put it out on this like indie diy press um and it's like not the only part of her you know fucking brand blah 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 or whatever like right yeah is another thing that pisses people off yeah right yeah it's i just yeah i really love this book (laughs) i'm like flipping through all the pages and like i don't know um I also think it's, I, I, I found, so she, in the book, or maybe in the acknowledgments, um, she talks about Chelsea Minnis, mm-hmm. um, and she, I have not been able to figure it out, but she does mention that some lines mm-hmm. are lifted from Chelsea Minnis, um, but there's a really great poem on the Poetry Foundation by Chelsea Minnis called Clown, um, which I thought was like, I don't know. I was just so thankful that this one poem of hers is on the internet Mm -hmm. and that it like fits really well with porn carnival. Um, but it's, it, the, I won't read all of it, but the majority of the poem is about how this, the speaker is, uh, she suddenly found herself employed as a clown or like becoming a clown. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll just read the last two stanzas, but it says, people don't understand how you turn into a clown. You turn into a clown because you feel more and more like putting on a clown suit. When you're around people, you sense a kindliness. It makes you so nervous you can't stay calm, which is why it feels perfectly normal to wear orange pants. Plus, it's very subversive to wear bow ties. You can't imagine how jolly everything is. And the fright wigs. I don't want to be a clown, but I'm sure to be one. My mother was a clown. Um, And that last line of like, my mother was a clown just lands so starkly in this otherwise sort of fantastical poem. Um, And it made me think about how like my mother is a clown. Like that is a, such a crazy confession to make. Mm -hmm. And then also thinking about the confessionalism in porn carnival Um, because aside from like the stuff about sex work and about, um, drugs and orgies, like there's also sort of these glimmers of, uh, like a relationship with a mother. There's also sort of a reference to like an ex-husband. Um, and to me, it's like, there's, the book really feels like this like sifting surface of like glittering sand. And occasionally Mm -hmm. you get a glimpse into something that's underneath, but it's sort of constantly churning and sometimes it does stay really surface like with these short quick poems 
um, you're not going to get like the meaning of life out of two lines, like, uh, you know, I, I can't think of one right now, but it's, <laughs> you know, I, I just appreciate that depth. I don't know. This is like a book when I finished reading it, I was like, damn, I wish, like, I really wish I was still teaching because I would love to try to make my students like read this and have yeah. these conversations. Um, so, you know, if there's any adjuncts out there looking for a book to teach next semester please teach porn carnival um yeah are, are there any poems you want to talk about or anything well yeah while you were talking i was thinking about the one the one that um well, one of the ones that i like read over several times to to try to really kind of like um figure out um mm-hmm. is called interlude Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that one is a good yeah. one. <laughs> and that one has uh, a lot of the, the poem stuff in it and also yeah. um, talks about confession. Um, yeah. Should we Do you read, read? Whole... Yeah, let's Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's read it. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's just one page. All right. Sometimes the poem wants a confession and it's like a velvet backdrop for throwing a stiff drink into someone's lap. If your hedonism makes you feel like a poet, then maybe you were doing it right. Making money is like tarnishing a diamond. It's like a beautiful funeral wardrobe. As whores and freaks, we know the heart of supremacy, the landscape in which attention is money, and money and attention are given in order of social position. If there's anything more hedonistic than a poem, I've yet to feel it. Like the view through a satin peephole, like a bath too good to drain, there is a VIP section of the poem The poem turns on available now in their settings. The poem is available now. It is said that wearing masks contributes to crime, but this poem is a darling of crime and has only one mask. The poem is called to the celebrity stage, but there's not even a tip rail. A poem for those of us who find ourselves distantly thinking just a little longer, just a little bit more, as if soon it will all be over, only to realize it won't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. love how this poem also, like, in Celebrity Stage, calls back to that former poem that is also discussing, like, the poem itself. Mm. Um, but yeah, my my favorite line in this is, there's a VIP section in the poem, and mm-hmm. I it's like the, the only stanza in the poem that is a single line. And I feel like that line is the VIP section, but it is, like, mm. so lonely over there. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What did you think of this one? Um... I when I read it the first thing that jumped out to me was like the view through a satin peephole Mm -hmm. and when I read that I thought of um a couple years ago there was uh uh, a Mike Kelly retrospective at uh, MoMA PS1 in New Uh York and uh Mike Kelly's a conceptual artist from the 80s who did a lot of um installations about um sexuality and like childhood trauma um Uh And there's one where he, uh, there, it's an installation where you crawl through a small compartment and you look through a hole and you see the movie Porky's, which is like Whoa. a like raunchy, like 80s sex comedy, which is like super like misogynistic and gross. Yeah. Um, and I remember, it's funny. So this, that line reminded me of that installation, which is like, a recreation of like what it's like as a kid to like accidentally see something you're not supposed to see Mm -hmm. um which is i think like 
a moment i mean speaking very personally like um i can remember you know times when i was a child when uh i saw something that i think was too exciting for me to process Mm -hmm. and the experience was like simultaneously like invigorating and terrifying and i think that there is that duality in this poem Mm -hmm. and in a lot of this book um i think if there's a vip section of the poem um maybe it is whatever that is through that peephole yeah yeah (laughs) and it's like the vip section is like it's where everybody wants to be and then you get there and it's horrific like uh like yeah it's impossible to uh to disentangle like i guess like fear and desire or like excitement and like disgust um Mm -hmm. and this is also making me think this is gonna drive me crazy but at the at the philadelphia art museum there's a piece by like a famous artist who i'm blanking on but you like go up and you like peep through a thing and then there's like the body of a woman yeah it's it's duchamp duchamp okay yeah Yeah, i was like i knew it was someone but that that also like that's like floating around in my brain space right now too like kind of a disturbing you like go in and you peep through this thing and there's like you only see like the body of a woman you don't see her head and she's naked and she's Mm -hmm. in this like to me in my memory it felt like like a wildlife diorama is that yeah 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 Yeah. like i think i i think like rachel um or the the speakers of these poems like live in this like secret place where like you're trying to get in but then also like you're kind of afraid of what might be inside Mm -hmm. like i think like in like that's the porn carnival is yeah, what's through the yeah. people and that's yeah. like where she lives yeah wow, wow. yeah <laughs> end podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no i think that's that's so on point um yeah and like also this book is just like a joy to read it's like thrilling um it's hedonistic it's voyeuristic um yeah and like i just yeah she's living in this world and i am happy to just like sit back and watch it happen yeah yeah the poem is um i guess like yeah we're seeing the poem through the people and we we like what we see i guess is what yeah, we're yeah, yeah. yeah that's what we're saying yeah <laughs> i wish more people would yeah. peep through the peephole instead of just like tweeting through the tweet hole you know like yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfectly put yeah um him i want you to um say something um what am i trying to say i feel like that was a fruitful um a fruitful detour like we went down but i feel like i was leading us there can you can you lead us somewhere crazy somewhere crazy i mean yeah i'm trying to think 
I want to go back to like this, just the first poem in the book, okay. um, which we read at the at the top of the podcast, um, and it's just the fact that it's addressed to fellow sufferer mm-hmm. uh, immediately endeared me to this book, um, and then the, the the outro of the book being for all the girls that got dick from R R W will make heaven from whatever we've got. Um, sort of a a thing that's I've been thinking about uh, just like living on earth and being like kind of poor lately like uh, I grew up I was raised Catholic and like the um, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth like it's just something that's like constantly racking around in my brain Um, and I just I feel like you know whatever uh, heaven there is like Rachel RRW is like making it happen here on earth. I don't know. Um, do you, so do you feel like a sufferer? Yeah, for sure. For sure. In my own way. I think we all do in our own ways. Um, yeah. Do you think you're a sufferer? Totally. Um, do you think that, um, do you think you'll make heaven with what you've got? Um, you know, I try all the time and I don't do as well as RRW does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, why, why, why is that? Because the thing is like, I no, like I, I'm like, I think, I think she, like that, maybe, maybe that's what's pissing people off most of all is that she actually made a heaven for herself. And like yeah when she's doing it well like I look yeah. at these Instagram stories she posts and she's just like so perfectly made up her outfits are amazing she's clearly having like a great time maybe I shouldn't like assume that but it looks like it's a great time and I think that's something that bothers people too is like it's this image and it's very curated and it's very shiny and it's like um, made to be consumed but like why does any of that negate the pleasure that is surely at the center of all of that? Yeah. Um, and she makes it look effortless. And I think that's uh, why people get mad too. And like, there's a certain effortless feeling to these poems as well, particularly the short ones that you said maybe mm-hmm. kind of like pissed you off at first because like, yeah, it only takes like two seconds to fire off uh, like wages for dating did you really occupy wall street he asks i tell him cowboy all i do is occupy wall street <laughs> like you know that's not a poem that took her months to write <laughs> uh, but it's like it just lands um and i think that's something that i'm so impressed with and i feel like uh you know rrw is a vision and she's like just living it it sounds like like to you the sufferer she is like she's an angel of a heaven that you yeah, want yeah. to believe in yeah she's like my ketamine angel that i wish would like descend on me right now <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's beautiful <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah um but also knowing that like the speaker and she like they're human and that right. like there's there's a whole like I said like there's a whole lot going on that I don't know about and I don't have to know about it mm-hmm. yeah 
do you think do you think that's it you think we're there i think i think that maybe is it yeah okay um yeah read the book please read the book read the book that's that's the takeaway here (laughs) yeah um okay thank you ben fama at wonder press um thanks edge play listeners um we'll be back soon maybe we won't i don't know we'll 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 see we'll see we're playing it by ear (laughs) we're playing it by ear all right cool Um, all right